2: Mahomes
0: has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope, this one, and it's touchdown, this time going deep for Beckham Jr.,
3: hello everyone welcome back to road of His overtime and road of His radio brought to you by the action network and blue wire my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland and i'm joined as always by sean siegel one of the co-owners at road of His, uh, someone who i'm delighted to have as a a co-host here on a twice a week basis for your listening pleasure uh sean this week probably not not as pleasurable for us as we were hoping with the the way the super bowl shook out with the the buccaneers getting uh, what turned out to be quite a quite an easy uh, run through um unfortunately but uh box fans out there rejoicing tom brady fans likely rejoicing but uh, chiefs fans and, and people who are hoping for the chiefs to win not rejoicing quite as much
1: yeah it was it was a rough sunday uh, afternoon and evening kind of a a rough day yesterday I, I think the unfortunate thing beyond the fact that the chiefs lost is that the game was really marred by the officiating and and that's just you know something that you you hate to see. Now I go into the game, and you know listeners to the show know that I'm a grew up in Kansas City, have been to Arrowhead Stadium many times. I'm a huge Chiefs fan. I can't be neutral, right? And so anytime I give my feelings on on something like that, you know, I just want to point out that I'm coming to you as a fan in these situations, not you know, not necessarily as an analyst. And so I'm watching the game, and it feels very much like you know what you might see in professional wrestling where it felt scripted it felt felt very much like a staged contest as opposed to an NFL game which I mean that's the very last thing that you want to experience in the Super Bowl And one of the things and there are so many storylines around Tom Brady you know if you love him if you hate him I think that even if you dislike him you have to admit that what he has done has been astonishing I think that we're robbed a little bit of that because the officials really just gave him the game in the first half when you look at at so many of these calls you know the holding penalty where they have the interception my experience of that and, and certainly something that i saw many other people react to is that this is a play where what mike evans did there is very frequently called offensive pass interference now I don't think it's offensive pass interference. I think that if there's contact and the wide receiver is trying to get away, that you know, they shouldn't be called for pushing off. But I mean, that's a, a play that's closer to offensive pass interference than defensive pass interference. The call on him, you know, toward the end of the first half where they they click feet and go down. I mean, that's that's a, a play-on situation, especially if the ball is, is well overthrown. You know, when there were little fisticuffs, if the Chiefs started it and the buccaneers retaliated the call was on the chiefs if the buccaneers started it and the chiefs retaliated the call was on the chiefs it just it when the buccaneers were given all of that in the first half on phantom penalties then it it creates this game in the second half which is what we saw which was gross nobody wants that not competitive not any fun and you know it's just rough now Again, I kind of assume as I watch it that this is just me as a fan feeling like my team is is being cheated and it's hard right, right when you're watching this game and it's, it's getting away from them. Um, then, you know, I, I look later and find out this was actually a, a fairly widespread feeling. And when you have opposing or you have neutral uh, NFL players who are tweeting out about how fixed the game seems, you know, I, I think that that means that it, it wasn't just me and you know, beyond feeling like, well, you know, your team lost. It just—that's not what you want to see in the Super Bowl. The Super Bowls have been so good over the last decade to have one like this, where you have, you know, Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady, and have it to be something that wasn't any fun. I think that's unfortunate for NFL fans just across the board. Now, the Buccaneers on defense, at least, I think we can give them credit for that. Uh, the defense was fantastic against Mahomes. You know, he was limited the chief's basically playing with an entirely backup offensive line. And so you're going to be challenged when you're playing good defense and, you know, they weren't able to make that work. You know, some frustrating things again happen with the officiating, but when you're in a super bowl and Tyreek Hill drops the most important pass thrown to him when they could have the early touchdown, when Travis Kelsey throws drops the most important pass thrown to him when they could have had an important first down to kind of try and stay in the game. You know, they they had their chances. They needed to make those plays if they were going to overcome some of the other things that were happening. Mahomes, terrible numbers, but some of the throws that he still made in this game were so astonishing. So I think if you're an NFL fan, if you're a Chiefs fan, if you're a Patrick Mahomes fan, then you're still pretty excited about what you have to look forward to in the next decade. So uh, w- while it's a, a rough beginning of the week this week for those of us who who grew up in Kansas City and uh, there's still a very very bright future the one thing too though column that I think you know we have to mention just in passing is that the Buccaneers are basically playing a prevent defense on the back end while they're you know blitzing or just often getting through you know with their normal guys again because of this backup offensive line and yet the Chiefs not really able to run the ball now Clyde Edwards Alaire did have a couple of nice carries but if you have Jonathan Taylor right then you can exploit this kind of defense his size with the 438 speed you know he's blitzing through those holes he's creating massive plays and we've talked about it ever since the draft happened when you're the chiefs or and we've seen this really happen to the patriots with the patriots collapse when you're one of these dominant teams you can't get to where you feel so confident in yourself so full of your own success and your own evaluations that you just ignore the obvious And when the Chiefs are on the clock here in 2021, I hope that they take the obvious star as opposed to reaching for someone who's like a fourth or fifth round type of player. And I think that also kind of relates to us in fantasy as well, where let's say we had success and we did well in the FFPC main event this past year. Maybe we have a track record of doing well in best ball. Maybe your dynasty leagues are doing really well. You tend to dominate your rookie drafts. That's exciting. It means that you are good at what you're doing. You don't want to get too caught up in your own brilliance that you start doing things that don't make sense, that you start reaching for values that you start doing risky trades that you feel so invincible that you don't continue to follow your process. And so I think that what the chiefs have done there can be a lesson to all of us about humility and really trying to do things the right way not feeling like you are so much better than everybody else, so much smarter than everyone else, that whatever you do is going to definitely work.
3: Yeah, and I would agree with a lot of what you said there, Sean, and the the part that, come back to me being a Packers fan and not looking at things as uh, neutral maybe as we could, the part that frustrated me in that first half in particular was uh, the way that the Buccaneers, you mentioned the interception that was taken away of Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, um, the, the interception that Rodgers had just before, uh halftime in the Packers game was clearly a holding call that that went unnoticed and there was an interception that was allowed off that so I just felt between me watching that game and me watching the Super Bowl the the calls you know how you were kind of saying they were going against the Chiefs whether it was the Chiefs started it or Chiefs retaliated and it felt like the Buccaneers and the NFC Championship game got away with the Holden and then we're getting the advantage of the holding uh and, and the Super Bowl the Mike Evans when you mentioned i thought uh you know should have been let go based on how far away the ball was at that particular point to where the target was and the other one that i thought was the uh pass interference called just at the 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 end zone uh, at the end of the first half i also thought that you know that was uncatchable so there was a couple of questionable ones in there um i think as well the problem probably from people who are arguing against the fact that the chiefs uh we're getting a little bit harshly dealt with there was the fact that there was holding on pretty much every play uh, and you mentioned that uh the the offensive line there was a lot of offensive line holding that kind of was going uh, a little bit you know unnoticed in the second half but the damage had already been done there there wasn't a huge amount that uh, the chiefs could do so it was just one of those games it reminded me a little bit of the the packers 49ers last year although it wasn't as much of a running game but the the way the game kind of got out of hand and uh there wasn't a huge amount that could be done to get back into it so unfortunately for the chiefs uh tom Brady wins yet again it's uh you know i i tend to like to root for somebody who's maybe a bit more of an underdog and tom Brady is no longer that underdog uh, from the the late draft pick that went on to huge success and that wore off quite some time ago but um we'll see what happens again in uh in, in 2021 and into 2022 but just what he has done in his career uh like him or low them, uh, is pretty pretty much uh, incredible and I don't think we'll ever see it happen again but Sean on today's show we're going to look a little bit to the future we're going to be looking at the rookies we talked obviously last week with Travis May talking through the rookie guide and some of his players that he likes heading into this draft process and if you haven't checked that out I would highly recommend going back Travis done a phenomenal job breaking down some of the key players in this year's draft we're going to be going through them as well looking at some of the The possible round one uh, picks and rookie drafts here uh, moving forward and obviously we'll be linking that back to the rookie draft guide as well we talked about in last week's show that that did come uh, available last week some people obviously having the pre-orders and some people buying it now
0: after the fact we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
3: I would highly recommend checking it out and of course sean mentioned last week if you drop a five-star review on your favorite podcast app with how listening to the road of his overtime podcast last year helped you to win a fantasy championship uh, you are going to be eligible to possibly win yourself a copy of this year's Rotovis Dynasty Command Center Draft Guide. So if you haven't already done that, the good news is there is one week that we're going to run it for here to give you another chance to get in. So we'll be announcing the winner on next week's shows. Uh, I've got some emails in already, people telling that they, uh, just making sure that we know that they've left those five-star reviews to have the opportunity to win. So uh, get on board this week, drop that five-star review. We do appreciate it greatly.
0: Hey everybody, this is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz flagship podcast, just stopping by to say thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRadio2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRadio 2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in.
3: Let's get into tonight with these rookies obviously you've a piece up on the site over the the last week looking into uh, some of the potential guys that'll be going in in this uh, kind of round um, when we come to rookie draft season and it's always an exciting time to start to break them down using uh, the running back prospect lab the wide receiver prospect lab and using all the tools up on the site to to break those down so we're looking through it um, obviously this this exercise is going to feature super flex and tight end premium and for the listeners listening along over the, the last year, year and a half, you'll know that a lot of our topics will focus on that. And that is mainly because we're getting to the stage where those are becoming the two most popular up and coming formats in both Dynasty and in season long. So uh checking checking that out. But basically, if you are reading Sean's article or listening along and the quarterbacks are obviously going to a much higher spot, basically the simple task is to remove the quarterbacks from The draft order, and that'll pretty much set it up for you as your standard ranking system. So, Sean, I'll let you take the floor in case I missed any parts of what what the actual article entails, but uh, then we're going to dive into those players.
1: No, that's a a great preview there. We're excited about the draft guide. We had a lot of cool stuff in it. And the article that we're going to kind of be talking about today, the information we're going to give you, we're going to give you a projection of the 2021. First round for rookie drafts. I I think this is great. I always like to try and figure out where the guys are going to go so I can start working on my strategy for the draft, moving up, moving down, trading in, trading out, all of those kinds of things. And the rookie guide, we have three different mocks in it. We have just your very classic mock, we have a super flex mock with tight end premium, and then we just have your tight end premium mock. So regardless of the format that you play, there's a three round mock draft in there. And we're going to go through this a little bit on the site too, but this first round gets us going and gives us a sense of you know what we're going to need to do to get our guys in 2021. And like you said, if you don't play in a super flex because your league has been going on for a while, the super flex really starting to take over the last couple of years, then you know just take out those quarterbacks, move them to round two. But We know from startup drafts, and we've been also focusing on Dynasty startups, we're going to have a Dynasty startup third round discussion on Thursday. We know that in Superflex, these quarterbacks are going early in 2021 with this big break between the young stars at the top and all the veteran musical chairs kind of back behind them that... That first round in a startup, you know, could feature as many as eight or nine quarterbacks in the first round. Those quarterbacks are the foundation pieces you need to get. So it's no surprise that we come in here and we get at the 101, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback Clemson has been a star since the first moment he stepped on the field as a true freshman. And Colin, when we look through here, we grab his information from the box score scout Uh, Remember, you can go in, you can use this tool on the site, it'll give you a ton of information about both the raw stats and some of the advanced metrics for the player, and then it'll allow you to do some sim score comps to see who the most similar players are. When we pull this up, we see a lot of number one overall picks, that's not a surprise, Lawrence almost certainly will be the number one pick in this year's draft, and the names here do stretch from the superstars to the little bit more mediocre but the two names that jump out as being i think the most similar andrew luck joe burrow both of those guys went on to prolific rookie seasons burrow we didn't quite get to see how it would finish because of that injury but i think with lawrence here one of the exciting things is if you use your first overall pick on a qb He's going to be somebody who's actually going to give you production in that first year. It's pretty rough to to make that first overall pick and then have to wait. And that's one of the reasons why I think that traditionally running backs have gone a little bit earlier than wide receivers because we're used to those running backs giving you that early punch. Now, in 2020, we had a lot of wide receivers who came out of the gates very, very fast. But, Colin, when we're looking at this, if you can get the next Andrew Luck, the next Joe Burrow, and... In some ways, people think that Lawrence may be even cleaner in terms of his resume. That's something you feel good with to start your draft
3: yeah I think it's I know we talked as well with Travis last week and there's a little bit of competition then uh, maybe in behind Trevor Lawrence but I, I feel it's a clear-cut pick here and I think one of the other parts that I like as well you know you mentioned this kind of comparisons to to Luck and Burrow very very similar numbers uh, to Andrew Lock in terms of like height um, a, a little bit lighter in terms of weight 14 pounds lighter but played two more games uh, in college but as passing yards per game almost identical just four yards per difference uh, the rushing yards per game as well just two yards less than luck in that one and then the one thing that's standing out for him as well is his average yards per attempt at 10.2 so there's a lot of positives for trevor lawrence looks looks pretty polished you know as a, a, a candidate coming out of college here likely uh, you know I, I can't see anyone else being the the actual nfl draft number one overall pick and that likely means that uh, we're going to see him play in a, a roster that we think that there's a lot of talent uh, in terms of you know the, the wide receiver position the running back position heading into this upcoming season so we could see a, a big change there and i think having a quarterback land into a situation where there is talented players on that roster as well is going to make it quite appealing so i think it's pretty pretty clear for me that he is the clear 101 in super flex um for you sean is there a like if you're looking at super flex formats do you think there is any other candidates that could be there or do you think there's a clear gap from from one to two
1: I think there's a clear gap, but one of the things that we do find, obviously, is that individual leagues matter. So if you go into a league and the person with the 101 somehow does already have multiple elite quarterback options, then they may look in a different direction. Now, one of the things, especially in Superflex, is that you often find out that the reason the person is in the 101 is that their quarterbacks got hurt they aged out you know maybe you had a startup draft last year like i had discussed where you know maybe you take a little bit of a risk on jimmy garoppolo and dwayne haskins you're hoping that they come out and at least put up some points and you have this a crazy group of skill players at the other positions you're loaded at running back you're loaded at wide receiver you're loaded at tight end you take some risk at qb and the risk doesn't pay off well then in the draft, you've got to go back and, and you're looking for quarterbacks again. So I think because of the likelihood that the 101 in Superflex is someone who got stuck at quarterback makes this even more secure. But no, we have multiple other options. Whereas last year, I felt like once Edwards alaire had sort of separated himself as the number one pick due to that landing spot in Kansas City and Taylor had fallen a little bit due to potentially being behind Marlon Mack as a rookie, that we were suddenly looking at a scenario where we didn't really like any of the picks as a true number one pick. Now, there were still people who, if you went with a C.D. Lamb, I think that you got your money's worth. It's just, again, one of those things where the running back value versus the wide receiver value. In this draft, we have at least two other Options for the 101, if not more than that, which is what I think makes 2021 so exciting. Before we move off it, I did want to mention. I think that's a good point about Lawrence. One of the things that worked out so well for Joe Burrow last year is that even with AJ Green being a huge bust, the fact that T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd played well and gave him some options and allowed him to really sort of elevate them as he elevated the offense, or them to elevate him as he elevated the offense, then that made for a dynamic. Sunday every week as we tried to watch this rookie make this otherwise you know more Bengals offense work for Trevor Lawrence he's going to come in a situation with DJ Chark LaVisca Chenault I think that that's exciting now you read what Jaguars fans want and they want a true established wide receiving star to come in there in free agency and be the number one guy as someone who is a fan of Chark and Chenault and has a lot of those guys I think that you can do it with them so I'm Excited to see what Lawrence does there. I don't think this is a situation where he's coming into a scenario, maybe like what might happen with the number two pick to the Jets, where you're thinking, okay, well, this offense, even with a star quarterback, is going to have some problems. I think that in Jacksonville, despite them being, again, I mean, you, you can't claim that a team that, that won the number one pick in the NFL draft is ready to go on and make this you know, massive leap to the playoffs. But the Jaguars are kind of interesting there. So I, I do like that. For Lawrence now you asked about challengers for the top pick and the very first name that we get to here projected to the 102 is Jamar Chase wide receiver LSU and at 6'1 approximately 200 pounds he's not going to come in and be the next Calvin Johnson or Julio Jones but for anyone who watched college football in 2019 remembers what Burrow did remembers what Justin Jefferson did and then has seen what Jefferson has done at the NFL level, where he sets the rookie record for receiving yards. Then you go back and you compare the two of them in that 2019 season. Chase, a year younger, he averages, or he gains 200 more receiving yards. The yards per reception, right? We have about 14 for Jefferson, a little over 21 for Chase. So a huge difference in terms of the vertical ability and the the deep threat kind of uh, profile that's offered there the explosiveness that chase brings to the table two more touchdowns obviously with that production he has better market shares in both yards and touchdowns Carlin, we know that these things don't always work out like this you can't just take two college teammates and say well one was better in this one year in college he's going to be better in the nfl as a result of that They're going to go into different teams. They're going to go to different systems. They're going to go to different quarterbacks. And the season that is most recent is 2020, where Chase sat out and Justin Jefferson exploded and demonstrated that he is an NFL star. So, you know, if you go into 2021, you would prefer to have Justin Jefferson because we know that he can do it. That being said, it's hard not to be awfully excited about Jamar Chase.
3: It's, well, based on <laughs> the information we have at hand, it's very hard not to be extremely excited. Uh, you mentioned those numbers. Uh, Chase actually played one less game as well and uh, also had uh, just around t- twenty six, less, 27 less uh, receptions and that as well to, to peak some of those numbers set by Justin Jefferson. So I think it's going to be uh it's gonna be a lot of excitement the, the one thing that would set it back is obviously justin jefferson may just be a one-of-a-kind player who has come to the nfl and is going to dominate and has made that leap forward in a style that very very few players actually do so that would be the one thing to to try and keep those expectations in check like preseason, when we seen obviously justin jefferson was going to the vikings and there was gonna be a situation where there was no Stefan diggs and it was basically him and adam Thielen. I don't think even his biggest supporters thought that we would see him, you know, eclipse rookie records come the end of the year. So a phenomenal, phenomenal year from him. And really at the moment, like, you know, wide receiver one in the NFL is probably where the ceiling is. Um, so there's a lot of excitement there. Now, Chase is going to have a huge way to go to get to get anywhere close to that. But based on what he did uh, so far in his college career and as we get ready to see him enter the NFL Uh, bound to be uh, very very exciting and and I think as well again as I said with the first pick that you you mentioned here I think it's for me uh, it's between him and Travis Etienne uh, to have that uh, second spot and you know again you mentioned earlier about your individual league setup and I think when you get into those rookie drafts it's you mentioned a few times on the podcast about the kind of rich getting richer you know when you don't have that need that you can just pick the best player available and i think we're probably in a situation here where we'll see these guys flip-flop uh, obviously the landing spot in the nfl draft is probably going to change how we feel similar to how you mentioned with Jonathan and taylor uh and ceh you know earlier in the show but when you have a needed running back you're probably going to go for eddie and when you have a needed wide receiver probably going to go for for chase but I, I like eddie as well and he's somebody who uh, when we're getting into this conversation of the two spot I guess we'll, we'll bring him in um, based on kind of what he did in his last couple of years uh, at Clemson um particularly those last two seasons and how he was able to be worked into the, the receiving game uh, pretty much eclipsed anything he had done in the, the first two years uh, in college but uh, finishing with 102 receptions in total for 1155 yards and eight touchdowns over that time so very strong numbers in the last two years, and I guess when we look at like we talk about it in the show, um, you know, the value of running backs and really how much of that is attached to the PPR running backs having those receptions, like Christian McCaffrey, like an Alvin Kamara, and that's something in the rookie guy that Blair dives into, um, in terms of like running back evaluation and how the, the receiving running backs just give that huge value. So, if we're looking back to college and seeing him step into having that uh, opportunity uh, in the receiving game. Where are your thoughts with him? Is it is it closer for between him and Chase um than between Chase and the uh, the top the top dog at one hundred and one?
1: I think these three guys are the players who are in the conversation for me now. One of the things with Etn is that we actually get him below Harris in a variety of NFL mocks. Forty uh, percent of our rankers actually had Harris higher, so there is even a discussion there at running back. But I think when you are looking at the one hundred and one you're looking for someone who could be the next Christian McCaffrey, who could be the next Alvin Kamara, you mentioned Blair's article in the Rookie Guide. We want to tease that just a little bit. Blair had a a cool piece where he uses a regression tree to help owners understand the key metrics for running back evaluation and the likelihood of NFL success based on hitting some different thresholds. One of the key ones was based on receiving yards per game. Now at 49 receiving yards per game, ETN absolutely destroys that threshold. And, you know, if you had questions about him, I think that that relieves them in some way. Now, Travis had ETN ranked number one, had him ranked ahead of Chase, which, again, I think this is a very defensible position there, especially if you need a running back. And when you look at what he's done, so comes through, sets all these records, has the the huge numbers in terms of yards from scrimmage, three different seasons with over 1,500 yards but you look at these last two, We're in 2019, 37 receptions for 432 yards, then last year, 48 receptions for 588 yards in just 12 games, right? The thing that many people missed about McCaffrey and going back and looking at it now, all of these things seem obvious. But in fairness, at the time, people were concerned about the size. They weren't factoring in that he could come to the NFL and continue to do what he did as a receiver. And so I think ETN is going to jump way up in terms of overall running back rankings. He's someone that Blair and I are targeting very heavily in our early best ball drafts. I think any of these three guys get you off to a great start. And that also leads us into then the 104 where we go back to quarterback and Travis has also made a big argument for Justin Fields, suggesting that he's not that far away from Trevor Lawrence. Actually, Travis has Fields ranked number two overall in his top 100 countdown. If you haven't had a chance to check that out on the site, really cool. Includes defensive players. So if you're in an IDP league and trying to figure out some of the rookies at those positions, you can get that in the top 100. But Fields here, Really not that far off of Lawrence in a lot of stats, especially over the last couple of years while he's playing for Ohio State. He's in a battle with Zach Wilson and Trey Lance for the number two spot at QB. One of the things that's a little bit surprising is that we do see Wilson up there above Fields in a lot of these NFL mocks. But yet, Fields, when you pull him up in the box score scout, you see a lot of these same types of guys. Two of the names that really jump out as being similar players are Marcus Mariota and Deshaun Watson, and then so if you are looking at fields this early, you need that quarterback for your super flex team. I think that that's the dilemma that you're looking at, and that's a little bit of what the NFL scouts are suggesting is that there could be this negative scenario as well. Now, Mariota, when he was coming in, people were not thinking this could be a negative. We saw him have a good game for the las vegas raiders he may actually be traded and be a starter again and have another shot at it in 2021 but Colin, when we're looking at it here again it comes down so much to the need of the specific team but are you comfortable with passing on harris with passing on Devonte smith the heisman trophy winner at wide receiver to take another quarterback here
3: I think it's really going to depend on the the roster that you have at that particular moment. I think that's going to help uh, make that decision a little bit easier for you one way or the other. But when it comes to the wide receiver position, I think the listeners all know how we tend to feel about those guys and trying to, to move those onto your rosters. I just think that it's a case like you mentioned, if you are in a, you know, maybe in a dire straight with a quarterback or even if your quarterbacks are pretty good, but you're just not thinking that they're at the top level. Um, I think, like when we talked to Travis last week, he was talking about Justin Fields and how he potentially, for him, uh, I know I mentioned Lawrence being a little bit ahead, but for for Travis, that Lawrence and Fields are, are pretty close and there's not a huge amount that's separating them. So I think when you look through the comps as well, you can see that Andrew Luck and Joe Burrow both fit into that as well. And I think that if you're looking for the quarterback, um, you know, to have that team to take it to the next level. Um, there's a lot of potential with the, the there's potentially four quarterbacks in this draft with a huge huge upside but the, the two guys at the top and fields and lawrence can really push your team over the edge and like you mentioned a couple of weeks back getting those uh you know quarterbacks onto your super flex roster is it's almost like a cheat code where it can boost that overall kind of weekly floor and then obviously have an option for that weekly ceiling as well versus the the other players that are going to be there at the wide receiver and running back position so i just think the value of those guys uh pushes it over the edge i think unless um you're really wrapped up at quarterback i think you're probably going to be leaning towards the, the quarterback possibly in those first you know the 101 and the 102 depending on how your team sets out so the four picks that we've gone through here so far sean are are all picks that you know sometimes we're at the the top end of these drafts and we have a couple of players that we're interested in there's a couple we're not interested in i think haven't any of these four guys on your roster heading into 2021 and beyond is, is something to be very excited about like last year obviously we we were kind of probably in a similar situation and then we had the way the draft shook out um and how things happened with uh you know jonathan taylor going to end and that dented his value a bit um you know and those and those rookie and those rookie drafts but I, i'm very excited about the top the top four here and as we round out the the fifth spot sean for today's show uh Nigel harris um, out of alabama He's somebody who, you know, size and, uh, you know, athleticism is is very, very exciting. Uh, caught 43 passes as a senior and, you know, when we look at players who he might be comparable to, we're looking at somebody like Le'Veon Bell who, although isn't the player who he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers, his run with the, the Pittsburgh Steelers is pretty, pretty legendary when it comes to fantasy scoring. The other player who had a really exciting start to his career and has you know continued his career but not quite as exciting not as bad as the I I remember an analogy you used a couple of seasons ago that he looked like a a late stage Antonio Gates but um, he probably looks a bit better now but hasn't hit the heights that he did you know back in Arizona but that's David Johnson what's your thoughts uh, on Harris as we as we get to 105?
1: Yeah, Harris, a very interesting prospect. And you can see why people like him, why they have him in the first round of reality drafts, why uh, some very, very sharp dynasty owners have him ahead of ETN. When you have that size and you have the athletic ability, you have all of these you know humorous slash you know, very impressive images floating around the internet, uh, showing off his quads. And then you have those Passes, right? The pass catching ability that really emerged for him after Damian Harris and Josh Jacobs departed for the NFL. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, this could be Derrick Henry who catches passes like a Christian McCaffrey, right? This could be one of those all time guys. Unfortunately, I think one of the other comps that we also have to pull in here and give at least a little bit of credence to is that he could be the next Trent Richardson. And I say that as someone who is a Harris Debbie owner. And so the skepticism that I have is not based on having been against this player for a while and wanting to be right about it. I would love to be wrong here because I have a a decent amount of Harris stock. And so this 2020 season that he had where he put up all the touchdowns showed off as a receiver, you're thinking, okay, this is going to be the type of season that launches him back to the level that he was at when he came into college as the number one overall recruit. Right. Right so a lot of the very positive stats are there the concerns are reflected a little bit in the running back prospect lab doesn't love harris in part because he'll be a little bit of an older prospect right when we talk about the stars they're tending to dominate their collegiate peers right away when they're at similar ages and you look at harris when he was at the age that you would like a first round pick in the nfl draft to be dominating He was playing in the shadow of Harris and Jacobs, two guys who went on to the NFL solid backs. Josh Jacobs established himself as the lead back for the Raiders, but these aren't necessarily guys that you want to build your NFL team around or your fantasy team around. They're people you want on the team as long as they're not the main thing. And so, you know, when when we're looking at Najee Harris here, you're trying to answer the question. Well, is that more what he's like as well? One of the, features that Dave had in the rookie guy talks about breakaway rushes and the breakaway rush score has a little bit more predictiveness than NFL speed score, right? It shows you what people are actually doing on the college football field. Can they generate the big runs? Do they break away? And Harris does not score well on this. Now, again, this doesn't mean that he's going to be an NFL bust by any measure, but it is a little bit of a red flag. When I see these guys who are big and athletic, then you want the plays to be there showing that off. You know, you look at Derrick Henry for all the weaknesses that he has, where he doesn't catch the pass and he's not great going laterally. Like you've got to get him downhill. The key thing for him is that when you do get him downhill, nobody compares. He's unlike any other type of running back and he can generate the. Big plays. We saw that in his Heisman season. We saw that in the national championship game in college. We've definitely seen it at the NFL level where the last couple of seasons he has been extraordinary. We don't have those kinds of runs for Harris and the metrics sort of bear that out. And so, again, I'm not selling him. I think if you can get him at a good price, you definitely want him on your team. I just want potential owners to know that it maybe isn't quite as clean a resume as the exciting things about it might suggest.
3: I think that's going to kind of get us to round up. We've uh, gone through the top five. Sean's obviously in his his, uh, piece on the website, gone through the first round, which is going to give you those 12 prospects. And I would highly encourage you to head on over, jump into that up on the website. You'll find out more information to go along with what we talked about in today's show, but you'll also find out uh, those additional players that Sean thinks is going to Uh, shake out in that first round so it's perfect time to start diving into those and sean we mentioned in the last week's show but i'll I'll let you have the floor again Uh, how can the listeners get hold off that uh, rookie guide over on the website
1: yeah just jump over to the page where um, we're selling the rookie guide log in there you can get it and one of the great things about it is that all three editions you get for the nineteen ninety nine. So we're excited for volume two already, working on that a little bit. It's going to come out once we have a lot of the information from 2021's kind of weird combination of combine and pro day. It's sort of a satellite combine this year. But once we have a lot of the athletic metrics to put into there and to give you more information, obviously we'll be able to do more with the running back prospect lab, the wide receiver prospect lab. We'll have new articles from dave from blair from travis uh curtis will break down the new mocks but you'll get some more advanced stats you'll get some more uh advanced info in terms of what makes for an elite prospect in the first version of the guide i talked about breakout age for wide receiver why it still is one of the very best metrics for giving you an advantage in terms of beating nfl draft position and uh, a little bit later in the first round and then definitely in the second round of these drafts especially if you're in super flex where the quarterbacks are pushing the guys down we have a lot of great values this is a, a perfect season for using breakout age to exploit your peers in those drafts i'll have a second article looking at some other key metrics for beating draft position at wide receiver in volume two and then in volume three after we've had the nfl draft a whole flood of new articles and discussion discussing the landing spots the new projections you know which nfl veterans you should be trading these guys for and vice versa so it's going to be a lot of fun You get the whole thing for uh, just a cent under twenty dollars there and again, you know, just uh, t- to mention it quickly, if you want to get this for free, it's great to see the interaction with the contest uh, that we're running. You know, if you won your league last year because of listening to Rotoviz over time or even just had a blast and maybe your dynasty team took a big step from, you know, rebuilding to now you're one of the key contenders for 2021, you know, throw that five star rating in there. Let us know about that and we'll pick a winner to to get the guide for free. So. Uh, participate in the contest Buy the guide uh, check out this first round on the site i'm going to have the second round up sometime this week or early next week i think so we'll continue to put those out there for you on the website as well lots of great advanced stats and tools that are so much fun to play with you know i've had emails telling me that the running back prospect lab or the wide receiver prospect lab that just that tool was worth the cost of the subscription it gives you predict projections but it also allows you to make your own model allows you to play with the stats that these players have generated and kind of see what the relationship is between generating those stats and then performing in the nfl so it's fun to play with even if you're not really that worried about the projections but just to see the interaction of collegiate performance and nfl performance it's a great tool for that, and it's just a lot of fun. I get in there sometimes, and you know, several hours later, you, you look up and are surprised the time has passed because it's just been fun to play with NFL prospects. I mean, that's, that's why we're all here is for the fun. So the guide is fun. The tools are fun. It's great talking to the column, and we'll see you again on Thursday
3: yeah uh, and i would just off the back of that um just mention obviously sean mentioned the uh, getting access to the site and you can get yourself that discount as always by adding the code rv radio 2021 at checkout so if you are signing up do not miss out on that perfect time to, to jump on board get all that access get yourself set up for this upcoming draft this upcoming season um and it's uh, it's been a lot of fun as always uh, throughout the offseason bringing you these shows and i have had a few emails in already to to give some suggestions of topics and so on for upcoming shows this offseason so if you do have any of those uh, you can send them my way at overtime ireland or you can email them to rotavisradio at gmail.com that's going to do it for today's edition of the show as always my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at Overtime Ireland, joined by sean siegel uh, of course find out the piece we talked about on today's show as well as all of sean's other great content up on rotoviz.com until we're back thursday with another podcast of course have a good one